My tongue is divided into two. My tongue is divided into two by virtue, coincidence, or heaven. Words jumping out of my mouth, stepping on each other, enjoying being a voice for the message, expecting conclusions. My tongue is divided into two in heavy accent bits of confusion, into miracles and accidents, saying things that hurt the heart. Drowning in a language that lives, jumps, translates. My tongue is divided by nature, by our crazy desire to triumph and conquer. This tongue is cut up into equal pieces. One wants to curse and sing out loud. The other simply wants to ask for water. My tongue is divided into two. One side likes to party. The other one takes refuge in praying. Tongue, English of the funny sounds. Tongue, funny sounds in English. Tongue, sounds funny in English. Tongue, in funny English sounds. My tongue sometimes acts like two, and it goes crazy, not knowing which side should be speaking, which side translating. My tongue is divided into two. A border patrol runs through the middle. Frisking words, asking for proper identification, checking for pronunciation. My tongue is divided into two. My tongue is divided into two. I like my tongue. It says what feels right. I like my tongue. It says what it feels right. A day without an immigrant, Dallas, Texas. At Pearl Street Station, two brown-skinned men in painters' pants stand out in a sea of white. I am just one more face sticking out in a crowd, and it is my privilege that prevents me from understanding why. The workers want to know how to buy one-way trips. The automated machine sells only one round-trip fee, back to where you came from. He isn't asking me for change. Says it clear enough so that there can be no mistake. See,、si, you'll say. But a dollar fifty is a lot of money. In Colorado, my father scoured and stacked dishes. In a Tex-Mex restaurant, his coworkers, unable to utter his name, renamed him Jalapeno. If I ask for a goldfish, he spits a glob of phlegm into a jar of water. The silver letters on his black belt spell "sangrón." Once, borracho at dinner, he said, "Jesus wasn't a snowman." Arriba Durango, arriba Orizaba. Packed into a car trunk, he was smuggled into the states. Frijolero, greaser. In Tucson, he branded cattle. He slept in a stable. The horse blankets oddly fragrant. Wood smoke, lilac. He's an illegal. I'm an illegal American. Once in a grove of saguaro at dusk, I slept next to him. I woke with his thumb in my mouth. No queno, tron tronabas pistolita. He learned English by listening to the radio. The first four words he memorized: "In God We Trust." The fifth.
percolate. Again and again, I borrow his clothes. He calls me Scarecrow. In Oregon, he picked apples, Braeburn, Jonah Gold, Cameo. Nightly, to entertain his coates around a campfire, he strummed a guitarra, saying corridos. Arriba Durango, Arriba Orizaba. Packed into a car trunk, he was smuggled into the States. Greaser, beaner. Once borracho at breakfast, he said, The heart can only bro- be broken once, like a window. No mames, his favorite belt buckle, an aguila perched on a nopal. If he laughs out loud, his hands tremble. Bugs Bunny wants to deport him. Cesar Chavez wants to deport him. When I walk through the desert, I wear his shirt. The gaze of the moon stitches the buttons of his shirt to my skin. The snake hisses. The snake is torn. Lowering your standards for food stamps. Words fell out of my coat pocket, soak in bleach water. I touch everyone's dirty dollars. Maslow's got everything on me. Fourteen hours on my feet. No breaks, no smokes or lunch. Blank-eyed movements. Trash bags, coffee burner, fingers numb. I am hourly protestations and false smiles. The clock clicks its slow slowing. Faces blur in a stream of hurried soccer games, sunlight, and church certainty. I have no poem to carry, no material illusions. Coca spilled on hands, so sticky-fingered, I'm far from poems. I'd write of politicians, refineries, and a border's barbed wire, but I am unlearning America's languages with a mop. In a summer-hot red polyester top, I sell lotto tickets. Cars wait for gas, billowing black. Killing time has new meaning. A jackhammer breaks apart a life. The slow globe spirals, and at night, black space has me dizzy. Visionaries off their meds and whacked-out meth heads sing to me. A panicky fear of robbery and humiliation drips with my sweat. Words, some say, are weeping twilight and sunrise. I'm drawn to dramas, the couple arguing, the man headbutting his wife in the parking lot. Nine one one, no metered obeyed, and nobody but myself to blame. Choi Jong Min. In the first grade, I asked my mother permission to go by Francis at school. At seven years old, I already knew the exhaustion of hearing my name butchered by hammerhead tongues. Already knew to let my salty gook name drag behind me in the sand, safely out of sight. In fourth grade, I wanted to be a writer and worried about how to escape my surname, Choi. It's nothing if not Korean, if not garlic breath, if not seaweed and sesame and food stamps. During the lean years, could I go by FJC? Could I be paper thin and raceless, dust jacket and coffee stain, 
Burma's rumor smoldering behind the curtain and speaking through an ink-stained puppet. My father ran through all his possible rechristenings, Ian, Isaac, Ivan, and we laughed at each one, knowing his accent would always give him away. You can hear the pride in my mother's voice when she answers the phone. This is Grace, and it is some kind of strange Grace. She spun herself, some lightning made of chain mail. Grace is not her pseudonym, though everyone in my family is a poet. These are the shields for the names we speak in the dark to remember our darkness. Savage death rites we still practice in the new world. Myths we whisper to tell each other to keep each other warm. My Korean name is the star my mother cooks into the jjigae to follow home when I am lost, which is always in this gray country, this violent foster home, whose streets are paved with shame, this factory yard riddled with bullies ready to steal your skin and sell it back to your mother for profit. Land where they stuff our throats with soil and accuse us of gluttony when we learn to swallow it. I confess, I am greedy. I think I deserve to be seen for what I am, a boundless burning wick, a minor cord. I confess, if someone has looked at my crooked spine and called it Elmwood, I've accepted. If someone has loved me more for my gook name, for my saint name, for my good vocabulary and bad joints, I've welcomed them into this house. I've cooked them each a meal with a star singing at the bottom of the bowl, a secret ingredient to follow home when we are lost. Sunflower oil, blood sausage, a name given by your dead grandfather who eventually forgot everything you touch. I promise. I'll never stop stealing back what's mine. I promise. I won't forget again. Immigrant Picnic It's the 4th of July. The flags are painting the town. The plastic forks and knives are laid out like a parade. And I'm grilling. I've got my apron. I've got potato salad, macaroni, relish. I've got a hat shaped like the state of Pennsylvania. I ask my father what's his pleasure, and he says, hot dog, medium rare, and then hamburger, sure, what's the big difference, as if he's really asking. I put on hamburgers and hot dogs, slice up the sour pickles and bermudas, uncap the condiments. The paper napkins are fluttering away like lost messages. You're running around, my mother says, like a chicken with its head loose. Ma, I say, you mean cut off loose and cut off, being as far as, say, son and daughter. She gives me a quizzical look, as though I've been caught in some impropriety. I love you and your sister just the same, she says. Sure, my grandmother pipes in. You're both our children, so why worry? That's not the point I begin telling them, and I'm comparing words to fish now, like the ones in the sea at Port Said, or like the birds among the date palms by the Nile, unrepentantly elusive, wild. Sonia, my father says to my mother, what the hell is he talking about? He's on a ball, my mother says. That's roll, I said, throwing up my hands as in hot dog, hamburger, dinner roll. And what about roll out the barrels, my mother asks. And my father clasps his hands. 
Why, sure, he says. Let's have some fun, and launches into a polka, twirling my mother around and around like the happiest top. My uncle is shaking his head, saying, You could grow nuts listening to us. And I'm thinking of pistachios in the Sinai, burgeoning without end, pecans in the south, the jumbled flavor of them suddenly in my mouth, wordless, confusing, crowding out everything else. An Exile Since that day till now, our life is one unbroken paradise. We live a true brotherly life. Every evening after supper, we take a seat under the mighty oak and sing our songs. Extract from a letter of a Russian refugee in Texas. Twilight is here, soft breezes bow the grass. Day's sounds of various toil break slowly off. The yoke freed oxen low, the patient ass dips his dry nostril in the cool, deep trowel. Up from the prairie, the tanned herdsmen pass, with frothy pails guiding with voices rough, their utter lightened kine. Fresh smells of earth, the rich black furrows of the glebe send forth. After the southern day of heavy toil, how good to lie, with limbs relaxed, brows bare to evening's fan and watch the smoke wreaths coil up from one's pipe stem through the rayless air. So deem these unused tillers of the soil who stretched beneath the shadowing oak tree stare peacefully on the star-unfolding skies and name their life unbroken paradise. The hounded stag that has escaped the pack and pants at ease within a thick-leaved dell, the unimprisoned bird that finds the track through sunbathed space to where his fellows dwell, the martyr granted respite from the rack, the death-doomed victim pardoned from his cell. Such only know the joy these exiles gain. Life's sharpest rapture is surcease of pain. Strange faces theirs were through the orient sun, gleams from the eyes and glows athwart the skin. Grave lines of studious thought and purpose run from curl-crowned forehead to dark-bearded chin, and over all the seal is stamped thereon of anguish branded by a world of sin. In fire and blood through ages on their name, their seal of glory and the Gentiles' shame Freedom to love the law that Moses brought, to sing the songs of David, and to think the thoughts Gabriel to Spinoza thought. Freedom to dig the common earth, to drink the universal air. For this they sought refuge or wave incontinent, to link Egypt with Texas in their mystic chain, and truth's perpetual lamp forbid to wane. Hark! the quiet evening air, their song floats forth with wild sweet rhythm and glad refrain. They sing the conquest of the spirit strong, the soul that rests the victory from pain, the noble joys of manhood that belong to comrades and to brothers. In their strain, rustle of palms and eastern streams one hears, and the broad prairie melts in mist of tears. 
The Cleaving He gossips like my grandmother, this man with my face, and I could stand amused all afternoon in the Hong Kee grocery. Amid hanging meats, he chops, roast pork cut from a hog, hung by nose and shoulders, her entire skin burnt crisp, flesh I know to be sweet. Her shining face grinning up at ducks, dangling single file, each pierced by black hooks through breast, bill, and steaming from a hole-stitched, shut-up ass. I step to the counter, recite, and he, without even slightly varying the rhythm of his current confession or harangue, scribbles my order on a greasy receipt and chops it up quick. Such a sorrowful Chinese face, nomad, gobi, northern at in its boniness, clear from the high warlike forehead to the sheer edge of the jaw. He could be my brother, but finer, and, except for his left forearm, which is engorged, sinewy from his daily grip and wield of a two-pound tool, he's delicate, narrow-waisted, his frame so slight a lover, some rough other might break it down, its smooth, oily length. In his light-handed calligraphy on receipts, and in his moodiness, he is a southerner from a river province. Suited for scholarship, his face poised above an open book, he'd mumble his favorite passages. He could be my grandfather, come to America to get a Western education in 1917, but too homesick to study. He sits in the park all day, reading poems, and writing letters to his mother. He lops the head off, chops the neck of the duck into six slits, the body open, groin to breast, and drains the scalding juices, then quarters the carcass with two fast hacks of the cleaver, old blade that has worn into the surface of the round, foot-thick chop block, a scoop that cradles precisely the curved steel. The head flung from the body opens down the middle where the butcher cleanly halved it between the eyes, and I see, photo crouched inside the skull, the homunculus, gray brain grainy to eat. Did this animal, after all, at the moment its neck broke, image the way his executioner shrinks from his own death? Is this how I, too, recoil from my day? See how this shape hoards itself, See how little it is. See its grease on the blade. Is this how I'll be found when judgment is passed, when names are called, when crimes are tallied? This is also how I looked before I tore my mother open. Is this how I presided over my century? Is this how I regarded the murders? This is also how I prayed. Was it me and the other I prayed to when I prayed? This too was how I slept, clutching my wife. Was it me and the other I loved when I loved another? The butcher sees me eye this delicacy. With a finger, he picks it out of the skull cradle and offers it to me. I take it gingerly between my fingers and suck it down. I eat my man. The noise the body makes when the body meets the soul over the soul's ocean and penumbra is the old sound of up and down, in and out, 
lump of muscle chug-chugging blood into the ear. A lover's heart-shaped tongue, flesh rocking flesh until flesh comes. The butcher working at his block and blade to marry their shapes by violence and time. An engine crossing, recrossing salt water, hauling immigrants and the junk of the poor. These are the faces I love, the bodies and sense of bodies for which I long, in various ways, at various times, thirteen gathered around the redwood, happy, talkative, voracious, at day's end, eager to eat four kinds of meat, prepared four different ways, numerous plates and bowls of rice and vegetables, each made by distinct affections and brought to table by many hands. Brothers and sisters by blood and design, who sit in separate bodies of varied shapes, we constitute a many-membered body of love. In a world of shapes of my desires, each one here is a shape of one of my desires, and each is known to me and dear in virtue of each one's unique corruption of those texts, the face, the body, that jut jaw to gnash tendon that wide nose to meet the blows, a face like that invites, those long eyes closing on the scene, those thick lips to suck the meat of animals, or recite three hundred poems of the tongue, these teeth to bite my monosyllables, these cheekbones to make those syllables sing the soul, puffed or sunken according to the life, dark or light according to the birth, straight or humped, whole, monkey, quasi, each pleases, verging on utter grotesquerie. All are beautiful by variety. The soul, too, is a debasement of a text, but thus it acquires salience, although a human salience, but inimitable and hence memorable. God is the text. The soul is a corruption and a mnemonic. A bright moment, I hold up an old head from the sea and admire the haughty, down-curved mouth that seems to disdain all the eyes are blind to, including me, the eater. Whole unto itself, complete without me, yet its shape complements the shape of my mind. I take it as text and evidence of the world's love for me, and I feel urged to utterance, urged to read the body of the world, urged to say it in human terms, my reading a kind of eating, my eating a kind of reading, my saying a diminishment, my noise a love in answer. What is it in me would devour the world to utter it? What is it in me will not let the world be, would eat not just this fish, but the one who killed it, the butcher who cleaned it? I would eat the way he squats, the way he reaches into the plastic tubs and pulls out a fish, clubs it, takes it to the sink, guts it, drops it on the weighing pan. I would eat that thrash and plunge of the watery body in the water, that liquid violence between the man's hands. I would eat the gutless twitching on the scales, three pounds of dumb nerve and pulse. I would eat it all to utter it.
The deaths at the sinks, those bodies prepared for eating, I would eat. And the standing deaths at the counters, in the aisles, the walking deaths in the streets, the death far from home, the death in a strange land, these Chinatown deaths, these American deaths. I would devour this race to sing it, this race that, according to Emerson, managed to preserve to a hair for three or four thousand years the ugliest features in the world. I would eat these features, eat the last three or four thousand years, every hair, and I would eat Emerson, his transparent soul, his soporific transcendence. I would eat this head, glazed in pepper-speckled sauce, the cooked eyes opaque in their sockets. I bring it to my mouth, and the way I was taught, the way I've watched others before me do, with a stiff tongue lick out, the cheek meat and the meat over the armored jaw, my eating, its sensual salient nowness, punctuating the void from which such hunger springs and to which it proceeds. And what is this I excavate with my mouth? What is this plated, ribbed, hinged architecture, this carp head, but one more articulation of a single nothing, severally manifested? What is my eating, wrapped as it is, but another shape of going, my immaculate expiration? Oh, nothing is so steadfast it won't go the way the body goes. The body goes, the body's grave, so serious in its dying, arduous as martyrs in that task, and as glorious. It goes empty always, and announces its going by spasms and groans, farts and sweats. What I thought were the arms aching cleave, were the knees trembling leave, what I thought were the muscles insisting resist, persist, exist, where the pores hissing mist and waste. What I thought was the body humming reside, reside, was the body sighing revise, revise. Oh, the murderous deletions, the keening down to nothing, the cleaving. All of the body's revisions end in death. All of the body's revisions end. Bodies eating bodies, heads eating heads, we are nothing eating nothing. And though we feast, are filled, overfilled, we go famished, we gain the doors of death. That is, our deaths are fed, that we may continue our daily dying, our bodies going down, while the plates soon empty are passed around, that true direction of our true prayers, while the butcher spells his message, manifold, in the mortal air. He coaxes, cleaves, brings change before our very eyes, and at every moment of our being. As we eat, we're eaten. Else what is this violence, this salt, this passion, this heaven? I thought the soul an airy thing. I did not know the soul was cleaved, so that the soul might be restored. Live wood hewn, its sap springs from a sticky wound. No seed, no egg has he, whose business calls for an axe. In the trade of my soul's shaping, he traffics in hues and hacks. No easy thing, violence. One of its names, change. Change resides in the embrace of the effest and the effacer. 
and the covenant of the opened and the opener. The axe accomplishes it on the soul's axis. But what then may I do but cleave to what cleaves me? I kiss the blade and eat my meat. I thank the wielder and receive, while terror spirits my change, sorrow also. The terror the butcher scripts in the unhealed air, the sorrow of his Shang dynasty face, African face with slit eyes. He is my sister, this beautiful Bedouin, this Shulamite, keeper of Sabbaths, diviner of holy texts, this dark dancer, this Jew, this Asian, this one with a Cambodian face, Vietnamese face, this Chinese eye daily face, this immigrant, this man with my own face, 